This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680 CJOB. There's a lot of good players in this room. I know that. A lot of skilled players, a lot of good hockey players. Maybe together it just didn't work. Um, I know every single guy could go anywhere and, and be successful. Maybe together it just didn't work, or maybe our, our window was, wasn't this year. That was Connor Hellebuck back on April 29th during his year-ender uh, in discussion about uh, the Winnipeg Jets, the group, the core, and its future. And Jim Toth, I remember when Ken Weeb. Uh, joined us following that conversation, and I remember you as well, um, listening to the broader year-end availability from Connor Hellebuck, reading his body language, listening to his words. Uh, both of you um, were, uh, of course, you're never 100% on anything, but fairly convinced that that was an indication that Connor Hellebuck uh, was not going to be a Winnipeg Jet uh, for much longer. Then the news comes out over the weekend, uh, reported in The Athletic. Are the Winnipeg Jets uh, tr- looking, or and Connor Hellebuck working on negotiations? Uh, well, the, the information coming out was, quote, the ship has sailed. Um, he will be looking to go to another team. Yeah, good morning, everybody. Happy Monday to you. Um, it's not surprising to me. And, and the plot thickens, Jim the, the Pierre-Luc Dubois news wasn't surprising yeah. to me either, and neither will be when Mark Shifley potentially is moved out of here as well, or uh, Blake Wheeler. I'm going to start by saying that like, you're going to have a chat with Darren Dreger of TSN um, tomorrow. Yeah, we're going to have him on tomorrow. join us. Yeah. So, and he was part of this information. I know The Athletic with um, Pierre Lebrun essentially yeah. reporting that his next contract will not be with the Winnipeg Jets. That ship has clearly sailed. I just, we can go around and round each individual player and what we're doing, but this team needs an enema. This yeah. team needs a cleaning of the house, a changing of the guard, and I'm fully admitting, and and I, I'm not even admitting, I believe in what they've done to this point. I yeah. believe in in sort of drafting, developing, retaining what you have, getting you to sign on contracts that keep you here and remain as a core. This is a core group that is highly skilled. Connor Hellebuck in that clip there at the end of the season isn't wrong. There's a ton of great hockey players in that room. But for whatever reason, like he said, if it's not our, it, your time is done. Yeah. And if you don't want to be a part of this, if you feel the organization didn't do enough at the deadline to augment the lineup, if you have any of these ill will feelings that none of it starts and begins with your own performance, then you need to go. Yeah, It's just been too long. Players are too comfortable and it's time to go. Now, again, I believe in what they've amassed here. I believe in since 2018 trying to augment it and go forward with it, much like the Washington Capitals did for over a decade with their core and other cores, and especially in this market, Cam, mm-hmm. to try and keep these guys together. And we're talking about, right, like long-term contracts for a point-of-game player and Mark Shifley, for a more than a point-of-game player heading into free agency, Blake Wheeler, for a, a potential Norris candidate that didn't happen this year in Josh yep. Morrissey. Connor Hellebuck has won a Vesna and he's been nominated for his third one this year. It's not like you didn't lock up really good hockey players. Mm-hmm. You did. But this lack of accountability, this idea that's in that athletic report that 
there wasn't enough all in all the time. That's, as we all know, and some will say for too long, a cancer. And I just think that as much as I've had the pleasure of covering this team since 2011 when it came here, 2010, it just needs an enema. Um, Things I hear about this, the way this is going, the fact that you don't want to resign here, those are all heading to free agency legitimate answers or that you might have to this sort of situation. But I don't hear one thing from this past season that we weren't good enough and I didn't do enough. The thing that, and I didn't yeah. contribute and I didn't make a difference. And if if some of those reports on the weekend are true about the team feeling the organization didn't do enough to augment them, you got to go. Like that that's like you need to be the difference. When when and I was the guy who said they should go all in. I, I disagreed with you. And you disagreed not, not, with not me. Not that I'm trying to be like I'm Mr. Wright here. No, no, but, but this is what we're hearing from Connor, right? Is in this report is that the fact that they would have liked some help at the trade deadline. Fair enough. But say they did. And and this is where I said last week I was I was probably wrong on the not going all in. Yeah. I would have gone all in. I would have tried to get some and made two healthy runs at this year and where the chips fall. But say they beat Vegas and they lose to Edmonton or they lose to Edmonton or beat Edmonton and lose to De- whoever. Yeah. And they don't win the Stanley Cup. This organization is handicapped for a decade. Mm-hmm. They just traded their players that are going to come into the lineup for the next two to three years. They don't have the picks to augment that offset. And then these guys are leaving anyway. So fully admit I would have done it and then paid the price. But this is a market that many have since the trade deadline told me outside the market. Yeah. Winnipeg can't operate that way ever. Yeah. And, and, and I've always I've always felt that way. And and just to just to go on back of what you were saying, that there was there was some some players. We don't know which ones or, or who, but there was uh, the belief that there was. Not enough done at the trade deadline. Well, this is why we're going to have Darren Drager yeah, on tomorrow because he spoke to yeah, it. Yeah, we're going to get in. We're going to speak to him tomorrow, and then we're going to play. We, I have to. Uh, uh, it's just going to be me. We just uh, we have to record something tomorrow. Just I mean, of course, busy with all the stuff going on here, but we're going to have him on tomorrow. Um, I I can't stand that, Jim. When the team didn't do enough at the trade deadline, and that that doesn't defeat the purpose that the most impactful uh, ac- acquisition at the trade deadline has been. Ivan Barbashev uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Jonathan Quick was also acquired at the deadline. He hasn't even played these playoffs. Yeah, the only um, remaining Florida, thing Florida was... made has made zero moves. Yeah, and so what I see from that, Jim, and, and this is this is me looking into this whole situation, is that there was a similar response to, oh, we've only brought in Vladislav Nemesnikov. Oh, we've only brought in. Um, uh, we, we, you know, we, we, we've only brought in Nito Nita rider. We need more help or we need more support. And we've done enough to deserve more support after a January and February that it's well-documented. Everybody watching knows what actually happened. Was it a similar response to what we saw after when the players were obviously upset, more upset with uh, Rick bonus, embarrassing them after the playoffs, after game five and saying that there was no pushback their play was disgusting and and whatever you can discuss if if that was too harsh or whatever but i feel like that based on the response that we got from the players and their year enders from what bonus said i can't help but think there was also a very similar response to the fact that there wasn't more brought in at the deadline regardless of what that even means i mean again i mean jonathan quick's not even playing florida made no moves they're in the stanley cup final 
So how much does it really mean to bring in guys? But I feel like that there was something that was going on there. And there was a, I, I, I just can't help but read into a situation like that, that, that there was, uh, there was the sort of conjecture that we saw after. Yeah. After I, bonus. I, look, I have all the time in the world that Blake Wheeler to me was the only one. I didn't like what Blake said about, coach bonus, but he was the only one out of the core on exit day meeting that said, but people make mistakes. We're all adults. We don't, I didn't like the way that he handled it. I didn't like what he said. Yeah. I didn't like the fact that he didn't keep it internal, but we all make mistakes. We can move forward from this. It's just time. It's um, you, you, you can criticize them for running this back last year if you want. But again, I think if there was a hockey deal out there that made this team better than it was, that would have been done. Mm-hmm. I truly believe that. But now it's time. This whole concept of they didn't like I what I need to hear, Cam, is a ton of I didn't get it done. I wasn't good enough. We can all be better. We don't know why. Like, that's the part of this. I like to him say he said, for whatever reason, we've got a ton of players here and it didn't work out. It didn't. That's when changes happen. When for whatever reason, there have been great teams that haven't gotten it done and they needed to go in different direction. That's this team now. They yeah. need to make these changes, although it's being forced. Yeah. And they need to get a fresh new breed of, of players in here who who just have a different perspective right now. That's exactly what this team needs. And again, you're absolutely right. It's being forced, but this is ultimately going to be, I believe, a good thing. Let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side after 1230. We're going to open up the phones. Please uh, fill up the phone lines, 204-780-6868. We're going to be taking calls. What are your viewpoint? What's this whole situation? What do you thought? I mean, PLD, there's a team attached to it. We'll get into that after 1230. Don't go anywhere. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Hey, welcome back to the program. Uh, well, let's be taking calls. I just opened up the phone lines, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Uh, what's your thoughts on the current situation with the Winnipeg Jets? Connor Hellebuck, PLD, want to hear your thoughts. Call into the show. Uh, shoot us a text, 204-780-6868. Uh, big moment in the world of golf there yesterday, Jim Toth. Oh. Uh, Nick Taylor, Winnipeg born, but Abbotsford raised. He's an Abbotsfordian. Is that what you're saying? Is so he's ours. So I'm saying we're claiming him. Winnipegger. I said to Gabby today on, uh, when I was on uh, global news morning at seven 30, I'm on there every Monday. Just give myself a little bit of a plug. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I need, somebody has to, um, you'll also be signing autographs at the SO and Dauphin on Saturday. Yeah. Two to two, two, two Oh five. Well, you know, I did start my career at uh, CKDM. <laughs> That's so what I mean. Somebody has got to be up For there. A whole five the minutes. He'll be signing whatever you bring yeah. down. And I'm going to be bringing Corey LaFontaine salesperson uh, there too, as well. He's going to be joining me uh, up there. So you him. But anyways, um, uh, and I, I said, listen, his first air that he, he, that he brought into his lungs on earth was Manitoba, Winnipeg air. So what else does that make him? But one of us. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was a phenomenal, a 72 foot putt in any circumstance is outstanding. Yes. A but 72 like, foot the moment, putt, the moment. Yeah. For an Eagle is unheard of a 72 foot Eagle putt to win the Canadian open when you're a Canadian is unbelievable. Yeah. And so I thought it was an outstanding moment. We're going to talk to Derek Ingram, the great golf coach and Canadian Olympic coach on the Jim Toth show later in this hour. And, and do But I, I love the idea that 20 years ago, 
he watched Mike Weir win the Masters, and it inspired this whole generations of Adam Hadwin, Mackenzie Hughes, yeah. and Nick Taylor. And now Nick Taylor, for the next 20 years, will be inspiring the next generation of Canadian golfers to, to do what he has done, too. Yeah, and the first time it's happened since 69 years, 1954, with I Pat Fletcher. I would have snapped that putter in half and said, <laughs> I don't need you anymore. I can putt with anything. You know what? He That's unbelievable putt. He should have tackled Adam Hadwin first. He should have went up Adam and decked Hadwin. him. Adam Hadwin, that's a great, I, I should bring this up. So Adam Hadwin's wife um, put this out after he got absolutely tackled um, by security as he was rushing in with champagne. And Jessica Hadwin tweeted out, uh, sorry to leave you all hanging, had to get the toddler ready for bed. I'm thrilled to report that at Adam Hadwin Golf is still among the land of the living and in true Canadian fashion, apologize to the security guard for being tackled. <laughs> I mean, everybody's having so much fun with this, but yeah. even that stuff on the, if you go on online on Twitter, the PGA tour, they have footage of all these Canadians like Mike Weir and Adam Hadwin sitting there watching this putt. And then what it means to them mm -hmm. to have a Canadian win for the first time in 69 years. It's just oh, what an unbelievable Canadian moment uh, in sports. Fourth yesterday. playoff clutch birdie on 17 to keep, to keep in there. An eagle putt to win. It's plus just, you add in at 72 feet. I, you know what? I was a guy that was like, I don't know if a Canadian's ever going to win that. I'd have to pull up my glasses for a putt that far. I'd have to be like, where is this going? I can only see for the first 54 feet. Smooth, no doubter. Anyways, let's come back. Hey, call the, call the, call the show. We're going to talk Jets. What are your thoughts on PLD, Hellebuck, the future of the Winnipeg Jets? Call now. Lines are open. 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. Be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Thank you very much, Skylar Peters. Thanks, Skyler. How was your weekend? It was great. Weather was nice. Yeah. Yeah. You got out to Clear Lake, I heard. I you did. represented our station and all our hopes and dreams, much like a Nick Taylor, but on a different level. <laughs> I don't think I made 72 feet of putts all weekend. You didn't mind? <laughs> yeah. 36 what holes. Was, what, was the, what was the purse that Taylor brought home for that one? Wasn't anywhere oh, near that. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it's seven digits. Yeah, I uh, I just e-transfer my buddy fifty five bucks because he beat me all three rounds. So, yikes! Yeah, well, you know what? That's the all good. The fact of the matter is, and this is why I'm so proud of you, Skyler. Is you went out there, you put yourself on the line, yeah. and you went out and you had fun, and that's all that really and you matters. Didn't, you didn't talk yourself up at all before you left, like you were going to win this, and and yeah. you were going to beat Ken Weeb's score, and you were you didn't. That was like, us putting you're so words humble in your mouth. about this that when you actually got your game handed to you that. You were, you know, just undeserving of a result, if I may. Yeah. You, Thomas, deser you deserve better. Thomas Friesen of the Brandon Sun was actually humble and actually uh, played good golf and, and won the darn thing. This is at the Grey Owl on the weekend. Yes. And which won the media flight, I should say. Thomas yeah. Friesen won the media flight. Yeah, the, I, the, I think I finished fourth last. Winners pay out at the 2023 Canadian Open 1.62 mil. What's this Not text bad. from a Mr. Not Peters bad. and Brandon and just it's embarrassing. What is this? Who's Mr. Peters? I don't know who that is. I don't know. So he's embarrassed. About no something. idea. His previous text messages are about bowling. <laughs> bowling and pizza. And then now he's like, I'm just embarrassed. Mr. Peters and Brandon. Yeah. I, I, you know what? All I can do is be better. And, uh, you know, we'll get in the lab on Wednesday. And Yeah. yeah. You, yeah. Take, you take today and tomorrow, and then you get back at it. That's right. That's yeah. what I'm, You know what? Going to hit the gym. Yeah. Yeah. Just take a second, contemplate taking up another sport, 
inevitably so where, where was why that's why I don't golf. Where did you and by relation CGOB finish then? Fourth last out of like thirteen guys in the media division. That's better than last. And the only the only three you below me were that. all retired. You know, I'm really trying to put a positive spin on this, but it's I really, it's really starting it's to go downhill. Positive, I'm not trying good to... at golf, and I could have finished fourth last. <laughs> you you and I could have, uh, yeah, we probably could have played cart golf toe thumb <laughs> on the weekend. It was, thanks, Skylar. It was Appreciate pretty bad, it. boys. Yeah. Okay, thanks. I'm at that age where I Thanks for walk. dragging me through the mud there. Thanks for there, being boys. here. Thanks I was, for representing us really on the weekend. I was not trying to, but you kept digging yourself a hole. I was trying no. to be Mr. Positive. Don't let this, this too shall pass, and you will go forth and be a better golfer from this experience. I sure hope so. 204-780-6868. Or you will continue to be ridiculed on Jets at Noon. 204-780-6868. to you where you go, what direction you choose. (laughs) This is is your option. 204-780-6868. Text the show. Uh, Give us a call, though, and give us your thoughts on on Connor Hallebach and Kyle Connor and the whole entire situation. Uh, A couple of text messages here. Um, this one, uh, and this was in regards to, to some of the reports that there was players within the Winnipeg Jets locker room, um, um, not happy that the team and the organization didn't, uh, go more in on the deadline and acquiring some, some players, uh, uh, for, you know, you can give us your thoughts on that as well. 204-780-6868. This texture says they did a lot. They did add at the deadline two top six forwards and made the team better. Not buying the players said, what the players said, I call BS on those reports. Who could have they added? Um, well, I, I would say when I look at this whole situation about who they bring in at the deadline, I mean, the teams that went the heaviest in, Jim, the New Jersey Devils, the New York Rangers, the Toronto Maple Leafs, none of them got past the second round. The Rangers didn't even get out of the first round. I just can't believe the talent on this roster that they don't – think they underperformed or they didn't. Yeah. I, I just, I'm sorry when I hear this stuff that we needed help or we, who wants help. And I, I've been around some NHL rooms where I've been told like when you've got a good team and you're in third or fourth in the standings at the deadline, you would like to be augmented as, and, and Kevin Chevaldeff has said that when he has augmented the team by saying, you know, they deserve it. They deserve to get the best chance to go win the Stanley cup. And if they felt that didn't happen this year, I just, I, I don't, and I get it. Like players want to, want to win. You think and stuff, but I just, the excuses, the lack of accountability. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're bang on. These are world-class players in my opinion. And, and people can say all they want about Dubois and, and Shifley's defense and Connor Hellebuck and the big game and all this. These are world-class players that didn't get it done and now they don't want to be here and and they have to do but I don't I'm not of we're we're literally watching two teams one of them very top heavy in a goaltender in Florida and the other one that is constructed essentially of second line players other than Jack Eichel and I know yeah. Mark Stone's an all-world player don't get me wrong on that but he was gone for most of the season and look at the goaltending from the Vegas Golden Knights they're on their third guy third or fourth guy there are ways to win hockey games that for a long time, this team has been highly skilled in not getting it done. And I think it's time for Kevin Shevel have to look at that a little bit. And, yeah. and that's what I think he's going to get. I, I said this last week, you're selling beachfront property in Hawaii and you pro- you can get some really nice, however you want to describe this metaphor, cottage country things, or you can get really yeah. nice cabins on the, on the water you're going to bring back the Chandler Stevensons of the world that, and I said this at the end of, of the season and I'll say it again. 
I believe this market, from what I've known in covering it, whether it was the moose or now or whatever since 2005, I believe this market will pay to watch the Nito Nita Riders, the Adam Lowry's, the Morgan Barons of the world work their tail off night in and night out to try and get some wins than they will watching this crew come back again. I agree with that. And and you you heard that in the situation. I mean, there were some bad stretches and you heard the boos from the fans that people were not happy with what was going on. And people were well aware. I mean, it's it's like, Jim, if you go back and you and to go back to game five against Vegas, if that game was in a silo, it'd be something you to say, just throw it out. Like that was just the team not as themselves. But we saw several instances of that happen January, February, as soon as the calendar turned. And that's what I mean about hearing this, the all buy-in at the deadline and the organization didn't do enough and the blah, blah, blah. Fair enough. If that's how you feel, fair enough. Yeah. But that should be fifth or sixth on your pecking order. Yeah. Number one should be, how did I play in game five? That should be number one on any player's list. And not only that, how did I play in game five? How did I play in games one, two, and three, and four last year against Montreal? How did I play in elimination game in St. Louis on the road the year after we went to the Western Conference final? Like, I get, I just, I like this roster. I think it's full of talent and skill, and it has enough grit and grind to it to do something, and it hasn't done anything. Yeah. But I like the way it's constructed. I like what they've put together. It has a mix of this and that and some skill and some a world-class goaltender. And it's not working. And, and the reason I think this team needs an enema now is because what do I hear from those world-class players? I don't like what the coach said at the end of the season. The coach embarrassed me. We didn't bring enough guys in the deadline. You know, it's just, all, just a, all in from the organization. I'm not going to resign here and stuff like that. I'm not, I don't hear anything about... I don't know why I can't get it done in a game in an elimination game. Uh, it just doesn't compute to me, Jim. I just I can't circle that square. I just can't. I can't look at the guys there, and it's it's not like there's no idea. It's like why isn't the mentality, you know? And Kelly Kelly Moore he wrote his piece. You're going to hear it at, at two fifty five again here about the Winnipeg Jets, and and he he says, you know, basically asking the question, you know, why does Pierre-Luc Dubois and Connor Hellebuck want to leave the jet. Is it management? Is it coach? Is it dressing room culture? Is it leadership and stuff like that? And it's probably a combination of, of all those things or some ideas that the players have. But I, I struggled to, to not come to the point where you're like, listen, okay, you know, we didn't bring in the big number one piece, but who cares? Listen, in the dressing room, we got the guys here. You know, why, why isn't that something that comes out into the forefront that we don't need additions because we got, we're a damn good team and we're going to go out there and we're going to get everything that we want. Here's what, here's what is being lost in this too, is everybody in the free world and some of the captive world knows that players don't want to come to Winnipeg. So the Jets players know that too, right? Like the players who've re-signed here long-term understand that other players don't want to come here and it's tough. So wouldn't that galvanize you even more? Wouldn't that sort of go, let's let's do something special here? Or you know, Jim, like I, if you're yeah. gonna complain that Shevel Dayoff as a player didn't do enough or the organization didn't, I get that. Like I guys want to win, and if you could bring a Timu Meyer in here or a Jacob Chikrin at the deadline, that's a huge boost in in your sales to go, we we got even better. Yeah. I get that. But when you understand the fact that those players are likely not willing to come here. Blake Wheeler had to get on the phone and convince Paul Stasny to come. And then Paul Stasny came twice. And what did he say when he left? Like he essentially said, you guys are the problem. Yeah. 
He called out. He called out the guys and, on his and team. What, and so if he's saying that to us, and he's in Carolina now, being a healthy scratch half the time, but then when he does get any scoring goals, what do you think they're all talking about when it comes to coming to Winnipeg? I was there. They seem to like to point a lot of fingers yeah. and not take responsibility for their own. That's what that's what Paul Stasny's talking about when guys ask him. So this team just needs an enema in my opinion. How, ma- how many more people need to come out and say that? You know, you've, you've essentially had, well, we all know Rick Bonus has said it. You've had Paul Maurice is never going to come out and say that. But if you've been listening to, he's making comments over the course of this playoff run, mentioning things about Winnipeg. He's never going to call those guys out. He's got way too much class. Uh, but questioning, you know, the fact is you get stuck in ruts and you don't stop and you don't want to quit playing the way that you had success, when, even though things are now different. When you have good players like this and you know that's the issue, you keep trying to fix it, right? Yeah. Because good players like this don't come along a lot. And we're going to find out this summer. You're not getting a Connor Hellebuck back for Connor Hellebuck. Not happening, no. It's not going to happen. You're not getting a number one center back for Pierre-Luc Dubois. Nope. So you're going to find this out real quick. So when you have these players, you keep trying to fix it is what you do. You coach it, you turn it, you bring in different players, different perspectives, veterans like Stasny who get it and have been around, and you try to change the the mindset about this. And you run it back and you run it back and you try to make it work. And now the contracts are forcing this, but in my opinion, it couldn't come at a better time. Yeah, it's No a- disrespect to any of them. But it's just time for a change. It's all on the table. There's no there's no secrets anymore. Something's got to go. Uh, here's a text. As for all the movement, I'm not surprised, and I actually look forward to seeing some change and maybe another youth movement, movement similar to when the team came back in 2011. As I said this weekend, it would be neat to see an old-timey blockbuster multiplayer deal. Maybe that helps with the values overall. Not sure. Great text message there. Uh, this one. How much of Helly and Dubois not signing here has to do with Chevy not being replaced? He has had his chance. Move on. That one from John. Why? If the money's there and he's not coaching you, what? who do you care who the GM is? Yeah, Does anybody in Florida care who the GM is? Bill Zito. Did Kachuk say, I'm not signing here if he's the GM? <laughs> no, he said, who's the coach going to be? Never heard anyone ever say anything like that before. I no. mean, I don't. I, there's a lot of people thinking this is on Chevy, and I Look, he's built this team, he's constructed it, and on paper I like it, but there is some points to this that's not working, so it's more imperative than ever for them to fix this. This Dexter says, why didn't Mark Stone sign in Winnipeg? And t- uh, Please give us a call, 204-780-6868, or text 204-780-6868, but the phone lines are open. Uh, this one, uh, why didn't Mark Stone sign in Winnipeg before he was Delta Vegas? Stone is from Winnipeg. He's, this is the challenge of bringing players to Winnipeg. And I know that this has been a big discussion ongoing over the last little bit, that Winnipeg doesn't look at, oh, look at Vegas. They have a bunch of guys from Manitoba on that team. Why don't the Jets have more players from Winnipeg? I'll be honest with you right now. There's been a plethora of Winnipeggers that I've talked to that want to play somewhere else. It's not that they don't want to play here. It's that they live here. They grew up here. They were born here. I'd like to play somewhere else, and I'll come home every summer. Yep. And I'm not saying that's the case, but a lot of them I've talked to said, whenever you approach it with them, with that, that's not a bad idea if it ever comes to fruition. But if I have a choice, he's also playing for his coach and GM in Vegas mm-hmm. that he played for in junior. When everybody in junior said, you can't skate and you're never going to make it in Kelly McCrimmon. And yeah. it's Las Vegas. So ask any Winnipegger right now, would you rather do your trade here or in Las Vegas? 
I, I think everybody looks at the Bombers and they see the success with, you know, Brady Oliveira and Nip Dembski and, you know, previously Andrew Harris. And they think, you know what, that really galvanizes the team to the community and it gets everybody involved and it kind of drives forward a sort of a pride in, in, in playing for this. And I, I, I think it worked with the Bombers, but I think the focus 100% always has to be on bringing in the right guy for this, for the team and finding the best player. And I'm not saying and, that and, and if they're, if they they're from none Manitoba, of them want to. yeah. And, and I'm saying if the guy is from Manitoba, that's a plus, that's a plus, but you can't just be leapfrogging over guys and saying, Oh, this guy's from Manitoba. We need to bring him in onto this roster. There's no guarantees that that's going to, that's going to create a winning team. There's a French Canadian player here named Pierre-Luc Dubois who would like to play for Montreal because he grew up idolizing them, but there's just as many Francophone players in Quebec go. That's the last place I want to play. It's exactly right. Because of the pressure. How, and many, I speak French, how many players? And I would much rather be on a beach. How many players in hockey? How many players from the GTA gym? There's a ton. There's more players from the greater Toronto area than anywhere else on the planet. How many of those guys go, listen, I don't even want to touch the point the to this is it's individual. There's no one way That's to do saying. it. Like That's what players I'm saying. want to play. There are some Manitoba players who probably love to play for the Jets. Yeah. And there's other ones that are just like, it'll be okay if it happens, but if I have my choice, I'd love to live in New York for a couple of years. I'd like to live in mm-hmm. wherever for so anyway. Let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side. Just two text messages here, guys. It's George. I think all these core players have already made up their minds as to what they're going to do. I agree with you there, George. It is just after January when they started to like it everywhere. Everything went downhill from that. From then, I think they already knew. And this one real quick as we go to a break. But Paul Stasny made a scathing comments about someone not having respect for teammates in the now famous exit interview. I really believe he was referring to players like Pierre-Luc Dubois. It's so obvious that he's self-centered and no desire to stay long-term and if the shoe fits. Okay, well. Uh, I don't know, find him that self-centered, to be no, honest I, with you. I, and I find him a little bit different than the core. Mm-hmm. He's always been the guy that speaks first and foremost. Even when they came out at the end of the season talking about bonus, he's like, well, yeah, I didn't like it, but I don't really care what the coach I, says. I, I, saw, I care more about winning. I saw guys with letters on their jerseys run in the opposite direction uh, when there was a tough loss and they had to come out and speak. And I and I and I saw other key players, big goal scorers, do the exact same thing. And I didn't see that for Pierre Luc Dubois, as he was a guy that was always available. If that, if you're going to read lots into that, anyways, let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side. Uh, hey, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. If you got some calls too, as well, if you want to call in two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight, the Bombers they had a big win. We'll get into that after this. Chats at noon on six eight CJOB. Welcome back. 204-780-6860. Getting a bunch of text messages from you guys. Really always appreciate uh, all of that. Only got about a, probably got about a minute and a half here, Jim. Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Crazy start to their season. Uh, opening night. Now, listen, I, I was sitting next to some guys at the game, and I was, I was in the crowd. Uh, <laughs> there were some people that were pretty negative about the game, particularly how it started to unfold around the third quarter. And I, and I will say this. <laughs> Look at the stats. That was a complete and utter dismantling of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. You removed three freak plays from that, three freak turnovers that ended up with touchdowns. Hamilton doesn't even have a sniff. You won't see those three plays happen all the rest of the season. It just won't. Yeah, it won't. I, I'm not – like, I get it. That that was ugly the way it was falling apart. But I'll also say this. Given the track record of this team, I not for once didn't think they were going to pull that Without out. Without it, 100%. I, even yep. the turnovers – even if they would have had another turnover for a score, I'm still like, I just – this is the Bombers. This speaks to, like, how uh, Bomber fans and, and Winnipeg sports fans always wait for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. 
And I, I said last year, like, you need to start enjoying this. This is, and Bob <laughs> Irving was on my show Friday, teeing up yeah. the season, and said, this is one of the most historic runs in the history of the organization. Yeah. And so you have to, and that's what I meant about, even when things were falling apart, like years past, five years ago, I would have been like, this This isn't good for the Bombers. I didn't get that feeling at all. I just thought, okay, well, they've had a couple turnovers. It's getting close, but they're still going to win this game. You know what? I see a team that, is engaged, is ready, is ticked off about the loss in November. They came out with one of the best first quarters I've seen a football team play in the Canadian Football League. Uh, that's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow. Thank you very much to Jason. Hey, great job producing the show today, buddy. Uh, Thanks, Jason. Tamana, Jeffrey Forche, all those guys. That's a crack team of producers in there, I'll say How that. How many does it take to produce a Jets at Noon show? Obviously, more than it takes a monkeys to screw in a light bulb. Uh, Jim Toth will take you all the way until 3 o'clock. That's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow. Speaking of screwing on a light bulb. (laughs) We'll have Darren Drager on the show tomorrow. Mine's out. (laughs) Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.